Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's Swap Patrol, the Swap Patrol podcast. We're getting buffed, so freaking buff. My balls are shrinking because of anabolic use, but my muscles are huge and I like it. Look at my six pack inside my belly. Not this six pack that you buy at the liquor store. Dr. Drew has a giant. Dong and he has trouble lifting it because of his hip flexors. Uh, she gonna make oh, you do it again? No, <laughs> really. Oh. Drew, the show is just getting better every I show. Know. It is <laughs> every intro is better and better. Uh, if we can find all the shows, by the way, not only the Swole Patrol, but everything Doctor Drew is involved with at drdrew.com. Click on the banners. Tell your friends. Find me on Twitter at, at Mike Catherwood. I'm also at Mike Catherwood on Instagram. Doctor Drew, of course, the same thing. He is at Doctor Drew. Uh, our our faithful producer. Susan Pinsky, first at First Lady of Love. She is the person in charge of Swole Patrol. And um, the podcast can be found on Twitter at Swole Patrol Pod. Join us on the email list. Maybe we can get one of your questions on the air if we start taking questions. Um, drdrew.com, just send your questions to drdrew.com slash contact. And today's guest, Dr. Drew, yeah, is a lady who has – she's the executive director of – the Clean Label Project. And you ask yourself, well, what is the Clean Label Project? It's a nonprofit <laughs> focused on the health and transparency in consumer product labeling. And we are having her on the Swole Patrol to talk in specific about protein powders. There's a lot going on in the world of protein powders. And I'm talking about our guest, Jackie Bowen. Hello, Jackie. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, living large. How about you? Doing great, thanks. How'd you get into this project? Not just the protein powder, but general labeling. Right. So, well, the whole thing for me was that marketing departments do a really effective job at selling comfort and security on packaging. So for me, as a food safety engineer, I wanted to basically see what's actually in these products. And we, you and I were always talked about in the uh, supplement healthcare, or what, what, should we, what should we call the supplement industry? Um, the Nutrition. Wild West? Yeah, but I mean, how... How was bigger, faster, stronger? That yeah. showed it's just you can put anything you want in there, right? The, the proprietary blend pretty much covers you from saying any goddamn thing you want. Apparently, at least it seems that way. Jackie, is the, is there any truth to that? Oh, no, there's definitely truth to it. You know, and and that's really the whole thing behind Clean Label Project, bringing truth and transparency to consumers. I mean, you see words like holistic, like you said, um, proprietary blend, and you, they sound healthy. But when you actually test it using data and science and analytical chemistry, then, you know, the results are really shocking. Right, right. And one of the questions I wanted to ask, and this may be getting a bit off topic, and I I might be getting into the weeds too much, but I'm not a man of science. Dr. Drew is. I'm someone who's interested in a lot of scientific things, and certainly when it comes to human nutrition, I'm very interested. There's so much being made about genetically modified foods. But I haven't seen really anything, anything that shows that they're bad for me. Is there anything to that? I mean, I, I, I haven't seen one study on humans that shows that anything genetically modified has anything negative. And, and by the way, everyone forgot about the fact that prior to genetically modified seeds and whatnot, there was a major famine being predicted that we narrowly avoided. But go ahead, Jackie. No. So I, I guess in general, when you look at things like GMOs, obviously there's a lot of consumers that really – that that message resonates with avoiding genetically modified organisms. Obviously, there's different stances you can take from 
environmental repercussions of monocropping. In other words, of literally isolating the, the genetic variability that exists in agriculture and possible risks associated with it. And of course, it's one where GMOs haven't been around that long that people are concerned about possible health repercussions. Wait, so why is it worrisome if you take a, if you breed a certain breed of cattle or a certain breed of dog, which is genetic, genetically modified animals, or start uh, modifying rice. like a rice or wheat or apples and 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 uh, grafting and you know all the things they do other than modifying the genome itself, you modify everything about how the environment affects the genome rather than just going directly to the genome. One worries people, the other doesn't. It, it makes no rational sense. Well, for, for a clean label project, you know, and, and I hear things related to kind of GMOs and, you know, whether to avoid them or whether good. Within clean label project, what we're actually concerned about most are industrial and environmental contaminants and toxins. So it's more so around things like heavy metal contamination, like lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, as well as things like persistent pesticides, uh, antibiotic residues, plasticizers like BPA, BPS, and that type of stuff. And what what really has been your finding um, when it comes to these these heavy level? <coughs> I had a stroke. Heavy metal contaminants. Well, it's it's really interesting. Uh, the thing that I found that was most compelling is that there was actually just last week a journal article in the Lancet that was published that had linked lead exposure to heart disease. Um, and what we found was higher levels of lead or measurable levels of lead in over 50% of the products. We also found measurable levels of BPA and BPS. And uh, those are plasticizers. And just a little bit about those is there's some controversy around those particular ingredients used in packaging. Um, they had it, BPA has been essentially eliminated from infant formula and baby food packaging because they are linked to being endocrine disruptors, which means that they act like hormones in the system. So the fact that we found measurable levels of BPA in, in things like protein powder, for obviously a population that really cares about their health, that was especially concerning. And what was the overall kind of finding? I see that 28 of 134 protein powders tested. Well, and before we get to that, what, what made you decide on the 134 that you did test? Yes. So when we chose the 134, the way that we pulled it was the Amazon bestsellers list, uh, as well as different ones that are mentioned on different fitness blogs, oh, nice. uh, the hot sellers within uh, kind of the organic natural channels and those types of things. Um, so that's what's kind of made us pull these 134, uh, 134 products. And um, unfortunately, 28 of those were found to be almost twice the regulatory limit of BPA. Yes, and kind of going back to what you mentioned before, the fact that within protein powder, that it is can be the Wild West, you know, in the absence of federal law, what we had to rely on are state-level regulations. So actually, in the state of California, there is the Office of Environmental Health Hazard Assessment, which sets maximum contaminant levels of possible exposure before a brand would have to basically warn consumers that they're being exposed to elevated levels of different known carcinogen or uh, products that could cause reproductive harm. So those were the levels that we needed to hang our hat on in order to conduct this study and benchmarking. What type of protein powders in general, was there a theme to the ones that um, were the most contaminated? Were they, were they you know, dairy-based or were they from a certain part of the world, the, the bulk pro product? Was it from China or something? Was there any kind of common theme to the ones that you would want to steer away from? Right. So the ones that I would say that we generally found to be that high, have the highest amount of contamination would be one, plant-based products, and two, chocolate-based products. And I'll elaborate on each of those. So when you're talking about things that are plant-based, in general, depending on where they're sourcing those ingredients from, if the soils are contaminated, then those ingredients that are used will basically have a, a higher chance of sucking up higher levels of heavy metals from those contaminated soils. When you look at things like chocolate, that particular agricultural commodity has a higher propensity to suck up what is called cadmium, which is a heavy metal from the soil. Now, along those same lines, what's important to point out is that you also see trends among the best products. 
the best products had a tendency to be whey-based and vanilla. Ah, that's a p- good piece the of... Best in terms of lowest of these particular five contaminants? That's correct. So it was overall was 130 industrial environmental contaminants that we tested for. And in general, our belief at Clean Label Project is that it shouldn't have to be a novel concept for a product to be both one nutritious and low in industrial environmental contaminants. But yes, you're correct. Overall, the five cleanest products were all vanilla and were all whey-based. Would it be too far of an overstep to say that if someone could, they should just get their protein from non-protein-powdered sources? Well, I guess I would say this, is that so many of us reach for protein powder or morning breakfast just because of the convenience factor. Right. So when we tested these products, there were, so, there were a lot of them that we found that were actually great. So we wouldn't steer people away from protein powder. But, of course, there are other ways to get, um, to get protein through whole foods um, and other types of you know, lean meats and uh, nuts and legumes. The, the twice the regulatory limit of BPA and BPS, did that put a stop to that? product or do they have to relabel themselves what what happens then you know it, it's interesting time will tell um what exactly the industry does with this information uh, clean label project just released the results of our finding uh last tuesday so it'll be interesting to see how the industry ultimately reacts and how consumers uh value the information and potentially change their purchasing habits you're a food safety engineer so you're probably the per- perfect person to ask this because i as a as a a health-interested consumer um, go to these health food stores and I look at like mom-and-pop products and they have their nutritional info on the back. And it Except says, for the proprietary blend. No, I'm not even talking about proprietary. I'd love about, to know about that. Though. I'm talking about uh, you know, like, a, like a, a, a honey and almond butter yeah. mix. And it says that this has you – know, it's made in – Anaheim, California, by a company that's all about fresh ingredients, blah, blah, blah. And there's probably like 11 employees. Yeah. And they put a nutrition breakdown that says it has 120 calories per tablespoon and, you know, 14 grams of fat. How, how on earth can they pro- possibly measure that? Like, how does, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does a non-corporate company have the technology to accurately measure the nutritional value of a product? There must be services. Yeah. Yes, there, there are different types of testing services that can be done that literally test for protein content as well as vitamins, uh, vitamin content and that type of thing to ensure literally the nutritional accuracy of that back panel that you're looking at. And is there any regulation to putting that back panel on it? Meaning, am I, am I as a consumer totally safe in reading that, that nutritional info knowing that it's been regulated by someone or can i just print up labels and get it under this you know by being a small enough company can i slide under the radar sure i think i think you actually bring up a really great subject matter for clean label project to look at what exactly is the accuracy of these nutrition facts facts panels how much can you actually rely on you know these these numbers that are being posted does it legitimately have x amount of grams of protein per serving i I think that's another great you know, fascinating study that we should look at. I thought that is regulated. They had to be within 5% or something. I'm saying, I'm sure it is for Nabisco. Yeah, yeah. But what what about like, you know, but, but Johnny's I, Love yeah, but Johnny's, Butter Johnny's you know, Love Butter, Erewhon. But Johnny Love Butter has to hire, maybe they hire Nabisco's label, you know, assessing team. Yeah. Right? And they're the big, the, those label assessors are then regulated by the state. I'm just saying so. that when my wife buys good karma cookie or something at, at Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, how, car- how good I, is that like, karma? I'm like, really? I can, do I, can I rest assured that it has only 14 grams of sugar? Because I don't fucking buy it. That's Well, I mean. if it's just some little, you know, coffee shop cookie. That's my point. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, who, I, don't, I don't know what the limits are. Do you know, Jackie, what the limits are for labeling I I would have to check to figure out exactly the variability that would be permitted. But, I mean, you bring up a really interesting point, is I think one of the common consumer misconceptions is that brands make their own stuff, where in actuality, over 80% of brands actually use a co-packer. In other words, the whole concept of the manufacturing of the product is done by someone else. And a majority of these brands that you see out in the marketplace are literally marketing fronts. Um, that they're the ones actually pushing out the brand 
um, but not actually manufacturing the goods. So what, what's the from my perspective, from a food safety 80? engineer, you look at it as who's the one ultimately responsible for that quality assurance and quality control. Did you say 80%? Oh, it's a, it's a very high percentage. You, you get that? manufacturers. Wow. That they, that, you know, something with a label yeah. on it is made by somebody else who also makes many, many other labels that, right. you, that you think are entirely something well, different. Well, it's, it's kind of like uh, the clothing industry. Yeah, it comes from this brand, mm-hmm. but that brand is also manufactured in the same place as Hurley and mm-hmm. as Volcom and as mm-hmm. Ruka. You know, it all goes to that one place where a bunch of immigrants sew it together. Uh, it's, all, it's all the same spot, but it's a bunch of different labels that put it together. Um, is there any way, just as the regular consumer who's who's interested in it, is there any label? Is there any certification marking that I can look for on a protein powder that would that lets me rest assured that I'm not putting poison in my body? Well, Clean Label Project, we do have a new certification program that we use across a variety of different categories. Before we did protein powder, we also did a study on infant formula and baby food as well as pet food. Um, we have not yet certified any brands within the protein powder space, but it's something that we're actively working on. Uh, consumers are always looking for products that are both healthy and healthy, nutritious, and low in industrial environmental contaminants. Um, So for us, it's a matter of putting the logo on pack to ensure that literally this product was independently sampled and tested to make sure it meets our strict specifications. I'm still um, disturbed by this uh, proprietary blend business. I don't understand how people get away with that. And you have literally no idea what's in that. Right, so there's a label with all kinds of things about calorie and pro, you know maybe the supplement or herbal content, whatever. But then all of a sudden, there's proprietary blend. Jackie, how how do people get away with that part? That what, what makes something a proprietary blend, and why don't they have to talk to expose what's in there? Sure. Well, you know, when it comes to FDA, FDA has been really diligent when it comes to. Food safety assessments, things like measuring and testing for E. coli, salmonella, and listeria. You look at things like protein powders and other types of functional foods and dietary supplements, and it isn't an interesting part of, you know, the government sector. Does it really fall as being a drug or is it a food? Um, And given, obviously, the different focus that we've had on food safety over the past several years, uh, dietary supplements haven't really received the necessary regulatory kind of rigor and infrastructure that it needs to really crack down on some of these claims. It ultimately almost comes down to the Federal Trade Commission and truth and labeling and, of course, consumers to demand more and ultimately transparency. And what what would that be? I mean, where does does the FDA have to then intervene in the world of, of nutritional supplements? Is there another body that needs to. to be created? Over the past several years, the dietary supplement industry has definitely received their fair share of, uh, you know, media scrutiny, so to speak. So I think in the court of public opinion, you're starting to see change and reform. Um, but ultimately, you know, in today's day and age of transparency and, you know, consumer empowerment, consumers can pull through that economics. If the, you don't, consumers, if you don't trust what's on the pack or you want to know more, call the brands, demand to know more details about what these crazy claims actually mean. And what about uh, other things that you at the Clean Label Project have gotten into? What is the most concerning products type that has uh, come your way? Would it be maybe baby cereals or you know baby foods? I, I know that you've you know done a lot of testing with like infant and baby uh, food products. Outside of protein powders, what's been the most concerning area? Oh, for for me, it's definitely been infant formula. So the World Health Organization says that the first 1,000 days of life are critically important to the long-term health and wellness of a human. The American Academy of Pediatrics has said that there is no safe level of lead. In fact, an increase in lead exposure for children is directly correlated to an increase in hyperactivity and a decrease in IQ. And while infant formula is one of the most highly regulated foods in America, When it comes to industrial and environmental contaminants and toxins, there currently aren't any federal rules on the books. So for me, when I was doing the infant formula and baby food study, seeing these measurable levels of lead in what amounts to the nation's most vulnerable populations um, was really concerning. I'm looking at the cleanproject.org right now and just running through the the, uh, protein powders here. 
are they the the star system that I see that they're rated by? Is that something that I can look at as to the cleanliness, cleanliness of that product? Is that somewhere where I can turn at, at cleanlabelproject.org to kind of get some safety checkups on the protein powder I'm going to buy? Absolutely. Check us out at cleanlabelproject.org. We've got 134 products up there, but I hope to do more in time. So if you have any additional recommendations, send them through to our uh, info at cleanlabelproject.org or follow us on Facebook. Um, But what you see on there is our five-star system. You can actually drill down and see how each of the individual products performed in terms of heavy metals, plasticizers, uh, you know, ingredient quality, that type of thing. Um, and But what you see there is essentially 130 different data points all drilled into one snapshot of how that product performed compared to the rest of the top-selling product. It really is wild, the variability between some of these products. I mean, even within the same brand, um, different flavors will, will change radically. Where, where, this, where did this project come from? What motivated it? Right. So for me, I'll be honest, it was one when I was looking at it. Um, which just prior to the new year, you see so many people having New Year's resolutions about getting fit, eating right. Um, so many of us kind of try to work out, try to do the right thing and reach for protein powder as part of our whole morning routine. I mean, I know I do. So, uh, you know, that's where really this whole thing came to came to be is just, you know, trying to start off the new year on the right foot. You said uh, a lot of times plant-based proteins were something that you were finding a lot more contaminants in. Is there a certain type of plant that's better than others? I mean, is rice protein more contaminated than, say, hemp? Or, you know, is there any type of uh, differentiate? Is there any way to differentiate between the different types of plant-based proteins? Yeah, you know, that's a really great question. So I would say this, is that overall, when you look at different types of plant-based contaminants, you see things like soy and rice have a general tendency to have higher levels of arsenic. Um, so to me, and, and this is me saying it not only from looking at protein powder, but from the data points that I observed across, you know, ingredients within pet food, baby food, infant formula, and other consumer packaged goods. So in general, rice and soy pull higher levels of arsenic from the soil. Wow. All right. Let's take a little break. Uh, Jackie Bowen, is there, other than the uh, clean label project, anywhere else we can find you? Uh, just check us out at cleanlabelproject.org. Follow us on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, appreciate right. it. When we come back, I want to talk to you. I want to review some some Swole Patrol stuff with you. Okay. All right? All right. Be right back. Well, we're so pleased to have Hydrolyte back. Hydrolyte is something that we and my family use just about every day, and it is simply the best oral rehydration product I have ever seen. And there are many reasons you should keep some around. I got the flu. I relied on Hydrolyte because I knew it would rehydrate me the way an IV fluid would. We all have heard about the flus and the diarrheas, and they all knock you out. Staying well hydrated is critical to getting over these conditions. Even if you manage to avoid getting infected, your schedule is half as busy as mine. Getting eight glasses of water a day isn't likely to happen. And you don't need it if you've got the proper hydration product, Hydrolyte. That is the beauty. Whether you're sick or not, you can absolutely benefit from proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. Hydrolyte does this better than a sports drink or water alone. That's right, better. It comes in great flavors like orange, berry, lemonade. It's available in a pre-mixed powder. My personal preference is a little effervescent tablets. You can simply drop in a bottle of water or a glass of water, and you're done. You got it, and you are rehydrated. And compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. I know. Don't buy into the hype of the brands. Use Hydrolyte. It's a better product. I'm telling you, I had intended to invent it. They got there first, so I'm all behind them. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. Order Hydrolyte today at hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. That is hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolyte. We actually buy in bulk in our family, so we're going to click through. Believe me, just click the banner on my site and use the code drdrew18. That is drdrew18. All right, we're back, and uh, all right, Mike, it's our me time. Yeah, our time together. Um, oh yeah, I want to thank our friends from Bergamot. Uh, polyphenols, I'm increasingly convinced, are a good thing. I, yeah. I give it to some patients for fatty liver, and I had good results. I maybe uh, one of these days I'll start tweeting out uh, from the Swole Patrol Pod at Swole Patrol Pod. 
there's now you know human studies that show that berg- bergamot yeah. citrus yeah, yeah. bergamot is really the effective citrus, yeah, regulating really, not really effective but i mean i wouldn't say really effective but for certain properly selected cases the evidence is quite good it's, yeah it's for real especially you know and, yeah. and it does a lot a handful of good things you know blood sugar regulation and the and stuff. uh male the, the the male and femme one uh got your favorite tribulus in there oh, i love tribulus <laughs> i mean it's great at least for boner time <laughs> Tell me what tribulus is. A Bulgarian, Hungarian or Bulgarian tribulus. It's a it's a root that they it's a that a lot of people put in supplements to raise testosterone, and it works. And it helps, but it helps Susan during one thing for sure. It definitely gets your libido going. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like the bergamot because it also keeps my my hot has, flashes. Has tribulus in there? It, yeah. Oh, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Susan probably turns into an animal. Keeps Drew me wet. Keep... Yeah, all that stuff. Oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> the one you have to worry about. <laughs> I know exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> So, all right, a bunch of odds in as I want to talk to you about. Yeah. I want to talk to you about my own stuff, lifting. Are you lifting heavier now, too? I always lift heavy. Yeah, but they change? Not really. No. So, I, I in after. Uh, to me, I just not to interrupt, but the, to me, it's a, it depends on where I'm at, what I supplement it with. But it, that is always yeah. something that's. See, for me, it's really what do I have time for? Mm-hmm. And I've had some extra time lately. So, I started going heavy, 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 adding, and I'm amazed I, how much I'm getting from the deadlifts. Yeah. I'm stunned. Oh, yeah, your posture's better. You're probably feeling less of a sore lower back. Mm-hmm. I it's it's the way my muscles build right. is with that kind of a lift. I told you. And so my back pain, it barely makes it through the lift. I have to really be careful, like when I stand back up after lifting. Yeah, and I have to walk for a while afterwards. But my overall strength in my core, particularly my back, not yeah. so much my, my abdominal core, just never been better. Yeah. And here's the other surprise for me: uh, getting more in out of three deadlifts for my legs than squats. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, you would think with a bigger movement like a squat, I would get something more. No, because but it's. I mean, I'm sure you you Olympic squat as opposed to low back squat, which means that the focus is much more quad dominant. Yeah. Um, and the deadlift is is really shoring up that posterior chain with your hamstrings, your glutes. Not that much, but yes. yes and that's is. that's where you're but getting I feel, that I, feeling. I, I, what I get the most feeling is, is it feels like because I can't do a huge movement with uh, squatting. Do you have bad I, knees? Knees and back, right? Yeah. So I get, I get more of the distal quad. Mm-hmm. While with the deadlift, I get my the posterior chain and the entire quad. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. I know it does make sense. Yeah. It's almost like the IT band comes into play, you know? Like, almost, yeah. yeah. It, well, like, like it's I, I don't get much hamstring, but I do get glute. Do you externally bit. rotate your feet? Do you feel that pressure where you drive into the ground as you're deadlifting and almost externally rotate? I do because not because I've been focusing on pushing into my heels. Yeah. Should I like, externally rotate? I, I, I have all, that uh, from an upcoming guest. We will have Mark Smelly Bell, who's a guy who's deadlifted. We had his brother. We had his brother. Yeah. We had Chris Bell. Well, he was the one that got me to start lifting heavy. Right. And, he, and his brother uh, makes Chris look like uh, a, an infant, <laughs> and and he runs super training up in Sacramento, and right. he's he really wants to get you up there to train. Oh, he really does. Just one time? Well, just any time. What's I that going to do? A single training? I think it, I think to train with a professional powerlifter and get some insight would be really oh, helpful. Geez. That's like saying, what would it really do if I'm a quarterback and I get to go work with Joe Montana? Oh, what would it really do one time? Okay, so there's that. So I added, so I added really legs back in for reels yeah. and uh, the the deadlifts and stuff. Uh, appetite went crazy. Yeah, increased increased strength overall. Yeah, but then of course I gained weight and yeah. the strength overall significantly improved. Uh, but just got a bigger version of what I was. I, I don't get leaner. But I I work I do, and I can get stronger for a while and still lose weight. But that's no a way. but that's a that's a that. that's a really short window. Yeah, it's you also know? young can do that. I'm not sure at my age I can do it. <coughs> so it, what it, are you complaining about? I, uh, complaining. It's just life. That's physiology. Um, I'm complaining. I want to take steroids. I think is what old well, boys do. It. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe if there's some if there's some <laughs> medical reason. Uh, that you stuff know, scares if, the if hell out of me. Well, if there's a certain window after your prostate surgery. Where you'd want to stay away from it, I don't know. But to we me, don't, we don't know the answer. To that. me, no I'm thinking that. if your prostate's already been ripped out, go to go to war. Like, yeah, but not- your point is well taken. However, a we don't know the vascular effects of, of testosterone and steroids in moderate doses, and even in low replacement doses, the 
prostate cancer cells can escape and be hiding out somewhere waiting to waiting to activate. outside of the prostate yeah oh. you, don't, you don't know for sure oh. right. i mean you you hope that's why you took the prostate out you, you know you decrease the risk that way but you know, who knows you know that's we one of the mysteries of prostate cancer is what re, what reactivates it why all of a right. sudden does it come back on and uh, we just don't know the answer to that well so. you got listen if you don't want to gain weight i'll tell you what i get a lot i get a lot of dhea I get a lot out of that. Well, I would imagine, but you know, that's a part uh, that's of the hormonal another, chain. Though. I know. Well, not not everyone's physiology can be pushed around like that. I yeah. think mine can. And um, so there's a reason thing. why I'm, that's, thinking, I'm thinking about that. That's what there's I'm a reason about. why that's banned by USADA, what? and it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or WADA, one of the two bands. Well, WADA. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Um, I so, believe both, actually. So that's all stuff I wanted to kind of report. Now that we've gotten into this, I'm paying attention to things. I think, well, I mean, yeah, but your big complaint is is that uh, I lift heavy and I gain weight. I go, yeah, but you're eating too much. What do you want to do? I mean, what's your what's your no, gripe? No, my my gripe is it's a little more subtle. My gripe is I just become a bigger or smaller version of the same. But exact listen, physique. I understand that because you're eating too much. The end. I mean, listen. There's plenty of weightlifters. No, but and then, power- then I will just be the same old smaller version. No, with no and and that's not, not true. Stronger. That's not true. Look, it. There's a reason. There's weight classes in weightlifting and in powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for people to stay in the same weight class, they manipulate the calories in such a way that they get stronger without gaining weight. I don't think at my age that's possible. Maybe. I don't think so. I, I, I'm not. I'm but, but, certainly but, uh, not qualified to say. There is a period. I, there's a small window when I'm going down. For about two weeks, things are good. Right. And then when it gets down where it needs to be, it's over. If you're going to fluctuate in the in over five, six hundred calories, it's gonna it, you're gonna gain fat. There's just that's no. I know. I know. That's the way it goes. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying, oh my god, this is a catastrophe, or why this happened. I'm saying, Ugh, I've gone up and down a million times and do fasted cardio. Do what? Fasted cardio. Meaning what? Right when you wake up, without any food in your belly. Uh, but to me, because I've, I go on these long fasts, that could be the afternoon. Then do it. Yeah, well, so I've, do done fast that. I've done that. I've done that. That's and that will lean me out. But now we're talking about now you're talking about two and a half hours a day of working out. That's not two true. If I if I do the heavy heavy lifting, it's an hour hour and a quarter. Okay, how many days a week? Five six. Okay, so don't do that. Okay, so do lift heavy two three days a week, mm-hmm. and then do fasted cardio six days a week. Well, according to the genetic testing I did, they said I should be doing five to five days a week, five six. That 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 any 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 significant uh, break between lifting, I'll lose, and that that's been well, my, then, that then, has been my experience. Yeah, I mean, I I buy it. I mean, some people are high volume people. Yeah. Um, why? What are you doing on those five six days? I mean, you're not deadlifting every day, are you? No, every other day, maybe every third day. Okay. You know, and and that, you, but I'll do squats in the off day there sometimes. And you do what? For and then I do the, all, my, all my old workout, same old workout, just the heavier weights. Okay. Which is like what, like dumbbell chest press? Yep, flat chest, overhead flies, press. Or overhead on a machine. I can, the shoulder doesn't let too much happen that That's way. Right. Yeah, bitch. Uh, I do a bunch of pull, different kinds of pull in, high pull in, low pull in, uh, pull up. Have you thought about switching to just just pull and chin, just pull ups and chin ups? Pull ups. If I go at all out of a narrow grip, I start to get shoulder stuff. Up bad. Even though I, I try it a little bit, just try to. Keep Even if it, it, if your palms are facing towards you, I could do that. Yeah, that's a good one. I that's, like that. I, I also, call that, but I call that chin ups. That is a chin up. Yeah, but I like that also because you get a fuller range of motion. You do it way way up high though, right up to your touch, chest. I test my chest to the yeah, to the bar. That, I'm not sure I can do that. You can do that. No, without the shoulder like going nuts. I'm not sure. I'll try it. I'll Have try you it. tried to rehab your shoulder? A million different things. Yeah, oh I, I I think I need a. I I'm gonna. I think I have a, a capsulitis. I'm gonna either need some. Uh, you know, concentrated plasma protein. You know, platelet. You do PRP. That's what I need. Yeah. Someone tell people what that is. Plasma replacement. Or plasma. Uh, it's. It's. I was. I just think about it as concentrated platelets. It's. Uh, plasma. Shit. Regener. Oh my god. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Pro, something something plasma platelets. Protein with plasma something platelets. Protein rich platelets. Protein pl- plasma. Platelet-rich plasma. There it is. There you go. Platelet-rich okay. plasma. And uh, platelets uh, are very high in anti-inflammatories, uh, much like with stem cells. And if you inject it into the inflammatory spot, it really does really work. Have you have you fucked around with anything uh, legal and over-the-counter? Any any inflammatories like uh, um, curcumin or CBD? 
I've not tried CBD. Curcumin screws my stomach up. Really? Yeah. I can see that. Although I would like to find some way of taking that regularly. I think there's something in that. Supposedly, and, I, and I've seen some studies to prove this. Um, I, I can pull one up for you mm. if I looked hard enough. Uh, you have to mix it with black pepper ec- extract. To get it to activate? Not only to get it to activate, but to make it less kind of harsh G- for your G- system. Uh, uh, black pepper is hard for me, too. Really? Yeah. No. So this what kind is, of bitch are you? you I'm an older bitch. The, your, your, the brush border gets all fucked up as you get older. What's that? That's that's the enzymes that along the small bowel yeah. brush border, where the absorptive region of the small bowel. It Here's just, a doctor, Asian guy, who did a lot of studies on – he was super buff too. He did a lot of studies on shoulder health. And he I, – I, I wish I could remember the guy's name and he did a whole program yeah. about shoulder health. That I looked into, and one of the takeaways I saw was that most shoulder problems can be solved with just hanging for a long period. You of told time. me a long time ago, and I do a lot of hanging. It is helpful. Yeah. Uh, also, Sean Baker said to use a heavy uh, kettlebell, which I've not yet been able to square off on. But yeah. uh, I'm thinking about doing that. Speaking of him, uh, one of the things I wanted to take care of today was some odds and end business. People tweeted me that we didn't bring up his uh, licensure issues. Well, we we looked into it. It yeah. was just not one of those, right? It was one of those things that's like there wasn't anything to talk about. He's he's licensed in California now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what happened in New Mexico. Something not good. And it seemed like it was a long time ago. And there was relicensure. I see, you know, he was celebrating what looked to be some good news about relicensure, but... Did you did you get into it with him about uh, why he ever? No, I didn't. I didn't know about it really when I was talking to him. And and it's you know you you don't something serious happened for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it was that serious, he would not be relicensed anywhere else. Anywhere else, yeah. right? And uh, right, if he was like touching patients. Or not something. only that, yeah. if it were a competency issue, it would have resurfaced again. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. Anyway, I, I don't know what that was uh, for people that, uh, and it has nothing to do with his theory about the uh, carnivorous diet. Right, it's completely unrelated. Phenomenon. Well, and that's that's what I, that's what I would respond about it too. It's like I, I, I was aware of it. I, for one, don't know shit about being a doctor or licensing, so I I wasn't going to be the one that was going to put his ass to the flame. Yeah, and you you made it seem as if like if he had licensure in other states, it wasn't it, it wasn't, wasn't like he's. A drug addict, or he's or maybe molesting maybe, children. Maybe it was drug addiction, but maybe it got taken care of. Yeah, Whatever. I, I, I've I have no problem with physicians in recovery. Yeah. I mean, that's the, some of them are the greatest doctors I know. Um, Certainly, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Uh, the the other thing was we were talking earlier in the show about the the uh, contaminants of some of these protein bars, and I was telling uh, Mike off the air that you know these contaminants are really a significant issue for babies and uh jackie took a you know that's where she started that was her entry into this area but i'm not sure how much it really means for adults for their products to be contaminated lead mm, takes a lot of lead to you know mercury we all know about mercury through fish and again takes a lot to hurt you uh cadmium not sure arsenic is hard to get hurt that's you get poisoned by that but you can get to a lot a lot pretty high level right the bpas eps i know it has to be a high level because there's so many forensic files where dudes try to kill their wives with arsenic, and yeah. they fail for like three weeks. Sometimes, they keep giving them oh, oh, three years sometimes. Yeah. They have to keep giving and giving and giving. It does accumulate, so it's a significant word always there. And BPA and BPS is, of course, those are a chronic concern from plastic products. But again, we're not sure what to do with them, so it's not like, oh, my God, these five, oh God, these five things are in there. You've got to avoid the No, it's like, eh, we don't really know. It's not a good thing, not a good news, but it's not a panic. What's film. your diet like? What's my diet? I'm starting like? to get into why you're getting uh, upset about your body composition. What's it like? I do a lot of protein, a lot of eggs, a lot of eggs, and a lot of vegetables. Yeah, and then I'll eat a meal a day. But and you're still meal. eating. You're still eating carbs, aren't you? Yeah. See, so what maybe just give it a shot. Try to try to. Yeah, it, it, it's it would be good to get rid of them for sure. And you're uh, a baby about that though. No, no. You always go. Oh, but but then there, oh, were, no. there were donuts there. Oh, I'm a baby when I get going again. Yeah. But I'm I'm a heroin addict. I'm not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I have to I have to go through withdrawal. I have to you know pick a day, blah blah blah, and then and then it inevitably chips back in. That's the problem. So start. You see patients on Wednesday, right? Yeah. So start on a Wednesday. Yeah. By Saturday, you'll be fine. Sunday. You'll yeah, be, it takes about four days. Yeah. By Saturday, Sunday, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like there's gonna be. Yeah. That's another thing. Is like embrace the discomfort. Yeah. Get ready for the suck and don't be a bitch about it. If you really get get you those know, carbs you know, below and to be, twenty, and to be fair, uh, I don't I don't do much carbs. I've been reserving the right. This this is like uh, what uh, 
Natalie, Natalie was talking about the, the, the mindset stuff. Natalie Jill, yeah. Natalie Jill. Um, the, what I've been, I've not been eating much carbohydrates, but I've been reserving the right to. So I don't, yeah. so I don't go carbohydrate free because I know I'm going to screw up somewhere. Yeah, here this anyway. is, see, it's bullshit. Yeah, Stop I know. that. I know. It's Stop a mindset the, thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's, that's like I, that's like me trying to say like I know I I haven't been drinking beer for the last three days because I yeah, know I have a I know, right to. I know. Well, no, because you're planning a binge. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Planning so don't a binge. do that. Well, but here's here now. Let me let me. I got to find my motivation because. The reason I do is because I don't get that much different. It's not, I'm not sure that, it's worth You've never it given it a shot. Oh, yes, I have. No, you haven't. Not Ooh. for weeks and weeks oh, on yeah, end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. No way. Yeah, no yeah. way. I know you. You have not gone – like you have not gotten into the point where you're producing ketone bodies. Like a, like a, oh, like yeah. A, like a, oh, like no, a you're wrong. six-week no. span of eating 20 or under carbs. I, I have. I Honestly, I have. I have but but it, it's not pleasant for me. It's, it's not pleasant it's, for anyone, yeah. dickhead. So, under 20 is hard. Yeah. Like really hard. Yeah. Like almost impossible. No. Under <laughs> 20 is Listen, tough. it's not, it's, you know, I know it's I not. I get under 40. So it's standard 40, yeah. but train. Yeah. You know, I know it's not that hard. Yeah. Because I, I get under 30 commonly with fiber and train like a mother effort. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just it's not impossible. I, I, I've done it. It's not like I just. It's, and and yeah. here's, here's what the thing is. It, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But once it stops being uncomfortable, it's really comfortable. It gets That's true. it gets you for it. Gets a lot easier. It gets, no, it gets not only easier. It gets awesome. I start to get that mental blo- that mental fuzz goes away. Mm. I sleep better. Mm. My skin looks awesome. Uh, you know, but I'm the honey glazed to begin with. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm not trying to jump. On, I'm not trying to jump on the keto bandwagon. Uh, but well, here's I, the thing. listen, I'm on the keto bandwagon. People I, get I like people now are geeking out about ketogenic this and that. And it, and it kind of makes me laugh because I've been fucking around with cyclical ketogenic diet yeah. since '97. They're geeking out what sense that it's good. That thing? is, it's it's just the new fad. It's yeah, the yeah. new it's yeah. the new it thing. Yeah. You know, keto is what paleo was three years ago, yeah. which is what you know body for life was yeah. ten years ago hey, or whatever. 10, 15 years ago, was carbs are the best. Oh yeah, carbs you need. Yeah, Ugh, so and stupid. and. I, I I'm not saying that like oh a ketogenic diet is a panacea and it's for everybody. Yeah. But I am saying that I've been I've been messing with cyclical ketogenic diets for twenty years, and you really do find profound performance enhancing effects and body weight. Uh, you know, and and it and it's the it's what you're looking for when I hear a guy say. I've been gaining weight, but I gain too much fat. And yeah. when I lose weight, I get skinny fat. Yeah. I, then I go, look, you got to start manipulating. Carb cycling is the way what you're looking for. Then I get sleep fatigued with the ketogenic. Yeah, ketogen, but like I said, that that's to be expected. Mm. Deal with it head on, and once you pass that, once you get over that hill, it's awesome. And you do, you get a little buzz. You get that, like, oh, yeah, no, I feel right. them ketones kicking in. Okay. And also, time. you can mitigate a lot of the discomfort with uh, those uh, ketone supplements. I have some. Those powders? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's good. You can mitigate a lot of that that headachey, achy, tired keto stuff. Yeah. What, I they get, call, what they call the keto flu. Yeah, I get tired. I don't get headachey. Great. I get, I get irritable and discontent. I think the anabolic diet is what you should be on. This is my personal Swole Patrol prescription for you. Okay. Dr. Mario Di Pasquale, he is a former powerlifter, a real physician from mm-hmm. Italy. Um, Dr. Mario Di Pasquale, he's a, a, a real genius, so ahead of his time. Okay. He uh, made a diet called the anabolic diet and then followed it up with the metabolic diet, which is more for the everyday folk. But if you're lifting five, six days a week, I honestly, I think the anabolic diet is going to be just – Really, the prescription for you—it's going to be just what the doctor ordered. No pun intended. Um, it it basically follows the rules. There's a little bit more of a nuts and bolts to it, and and some details. And I don't want to be the guy who gives away someone's entire uh, method on on a podcast. Twelve days, no carbs. Yep. No carb days. And go, carb days. Yeah. Well, then you go. You usually go twenty four to seventy uh, twenty four to forty eight hours of a carb up what? to reset your your. Uh, thyroid hormones and then to, and to give you an insulin jolt, which actually in turn really gives you uh, like a it, it gives you a muscle building jolt every five to twelve days, while also getting you into the ketogenic phase of uh, of weight loss. Carb days, 
15% protein, 25% fat, 60% carbs. Huh. That's it. So that's your carb up. How how do you So you go How often so, are you doing those? Yeah, well, you the first 12 days is Nothing. completely carb free. Yeah, I see that. And then once you get past that, then it's every 5 days. So it would be 5 days of carb, no carbs, then 2 days of high carb. 525252. Five, five, so essentially Monday through Friday, you're eating bacon and eggs. Yeah. And on Saturday and Sunday you're eating fruit and and pizza and and uh, oatmeal. Yeah, but you like. can even get you can even get a little because it's you know it's a pretty high still a, a higher level of fat too on the weekends too. Get a little crazy. Have a, have a piece of pizza. Have some you know have some red wine. And wash it down with some first chocolate. twelve days can be very hard. Yeah. So grow a pair, dickhead. <laughs> I mean that you look. How many yeah. times have you and I had that kind of same conversation? The only reason I say that is that as opposed, that I would recommend that for you as opposed to just a straight ketogenic diet. Yeah, is because there's the there's that muscle retention effect of that insulin burst. Yep, and that blood glu- glucose swing you get from the carb up. Count the days off until your carb loading days. Huh. And 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 uh, like uh, Natalie Jill was pointing out, Mario Di Pasquale walk it like he talk it. He's a guy who was 190 pounds deadlifting six seven hundred pounds in the 80s. You know, he, and a doctor. Yeah. He's not some some shithead just yeah. throwing around. He's so ahead of his time when it came to cyclical ketogenic diets. Now, Dan Duquesne and, and Lyle McDonald went and took it to another geeky level. And if you're really geeky, if you're really willing to like monitor your car- calorie intake, Lyle McDonald has the ultimate diet and now the ultimate diet 2.0. That's next level. You'll get shredded and you'll hold on to your muscle. And that's not a lie. You will be it. You'll the, get the ultimate diet. Uh huh. What's in that? But now? it's not easy. The ultimate yeah. diet is not easy. Yeah, but may, big shout out to my man Lyle McDonald. He's a genius. This is one where you have to have you know like a half a teaspoon of, pro, of peanut butter at eight a.m. and no 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 it's no, all no, very no. highly. No, this is a cyclical ketogenic diet as well. Uh, it's I would say it's not even necessarily a cyclical ketogenic diet. It is a carb cycling diet where you're going to go four to five days of really low carbohydrates and then load up on uh, over a one day period. But this is much more dependent on really manipulating your calories and keeping that carb count super this low. This one doesn't have as easy, as easy to find. The ultimate diet? Yeah. Just put in Lyle McDonald. Well, you can, I know I can tell you exactly where to get it, bodyrecomposition.com. There it is. Didn't we talk to him at one point? You yes, and I? we did. And I can't get, listen, there's about five guys that I will consistently, and gals, that I will consistently give free praise to. Uh, Lyle is one of them. Lyle McDonald at bodyrecomposition.com. Alan Aragon, another super smart guy. Uh, Dan Duquesne, God rest your soul. Martin Burkhan out of Sweden. He's the guy who developed, really, really proliferated the intermittent fasting. What happened to Duquesne? Uh, probably steroids and, mm-hmm. and I would, you know what? Probably more so like the stimulants and shit. He was shredded. <laughs> and he was like, he was like a book, he was like a buff bookworm. He was one of those guys. He was like nerdy but swole. Ugh, this this ultimate diet requires a lot of calculations, though, right? Right. Like I told you, this is if you, if the anabolic diet is if you're just you feel like you know what I got more time on my hands to really measure my food and shit like that. Yeah, somebody'd have to feed me with this, but it works. Yeah, I will tell you right now, Lyle McDonald's ultimate diet. If you can follow it and you follow it properly, you will get fitness model shredded. Huh. Without drugs. That is my, that is my uh, tip for the day. And also, big ups to Alan Aragon and Martin Burkhan. Who else? Somebody would have to do this for me to make it happen. Um, you know what I mean? I have to be like served at the, like a your private chef kind of thing. If you filleted me, I would do that for you. I would just filleted. F i l e t. No. Oh. F E L P H or F E L L A T I. Like fellatio. Right. Yes. If you fillet me, right. I will do that for you. Nope. I guess that's not going to happen then. I'll stay with the. Uh, and since we've devolved into me. Getting, I'm going to stay with the uh, other one, the uh, anabolic we've diet. We've devolved into me getting blown by yep, Drew. Where it stops. Uh, I think this is where we should wrap yep, it up. Thanks for hey, we end. Uh, you know, again. No carbs, see. 12 days. Our, our guest. Uh, Pretty simple. I keep that simple. Jackie Bowen. Uh, executive director of Clean Label Project, cleanlabelproject.org. And yeah. then Dr. Drew and I got uh, into the weeds a little bit. Shoulder health, hanging can do a lot. Yep. Um, carb 
carb uh, cycling very effective. Very sometimes can be difficult, but if you're if you are stuck in that never ending cycle of when I lose weight, I lose too much muscle. When I gain weight, I get too fat. I really do think that that's the that's the secret recipe is carbs. Well, I'll try. I'm gonna. I I can eat. I can survive easily on uh, eggs and vegetables. Okay. Easily. Um, so, and that's so it. So stay swole, stay healthy, and uh, God loves you. All right. Cheers. Hey, we are very excited to welcome our friends at Bergamot to Swole Patrol. That's a brand that made a significant impact on me. They make a variety of supplements. They use extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit. They act as a natural statin and can improve a number of cardiovascular parameters, uh, things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, insulin resistance, all the metabolic syndrome stuff. Now the makers also bring you Bergamot Sport that provides all the same benefits with additional additives designed to help athletes and those with an active lifestyle. Bergamot Sport may help improve stamina as well as reduce recovery time as well as muscle inflammation. I've used the product myself. I've recommended it to patients, and Susan uses it. My wife, Susan, you've been using the Bergafem for over a year. So what do you think about it? After I reached 45, things started changing. Changes in libido, energy, and metabolism. What? And no way. Then there are hot flashes that you know about, right, Jim? Yes. My doctor prescribed too. bioidentical pellets every four months, and then I got hot flashes felt fatigued at the end of my cycle. Bergafem fixed all of that for me. I took it for a year and ran out, and the hot flashes came back, and a little weight gain in my waist as well. So I'm taking one tablet a day to keep the libido strong, sleeping better, and I also noticed a loss of abdominal fat, honey. Ooh, you're perfect. <laughs> Is that the right <laughs> response for husbands? So try Bergamet Sport for yourself. Visit bergamet.com for all the products that may be right for you. That's B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T, bergamet.com, or click the Bergamet banner at drdrew.com. And for a limited time, our listeners save an additional 10% on their order by entering the code DRDREW. It's just Dr. Drew at checkout. All one word, D-R-D-R-E-W. To learn more about Bergafem, please visit bergamet.com today. I yeah. love it. Yeah, you do. You've been using it right along. It's work. Hey, everybody. It is the Swole Patrol Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Catherwood. And Dr. Drew is at Dr. Drew, of course. Join the email list today. Send your questions. DrDrew.com slash contact. And put Swole at the top of the email so we can get your comments. And this will get you a weekly email reminder with a link to this show. And all the great shows that Dr. Drew and I do. And all the shows that Dr. Drew does by himself. And, of course, with Adam Carolla, the great ace man. Please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to rate us five stars. And on Podbean or Google Play, all three help us out. We also are on YouTube slash Dr. Drew. And I uh, hope you can give us all your comments, even if they're if you're a troll and you want to destroy our feelings and our emotions. Support our sponsors and the show. Click on the banners on drdrew.com for the links to, uh, to products. For special discounts for the products, Dr. Drew and I endorse 100%. Send questions and comments to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Swole Patrol Podcast, or on Twitter at Swole Patrol Pod. Also, browse drdrew.com for the This Life podcast that I co-host on occasion and all the other shows available like uh, Adam and Dr. Drew and the This Life podcast. A lot of great stuff. Um, don't forget to check me out on uh, K-Rock in the mornings on the Kevin and Bean Show. And uh, be good. Be swole. Hashtag Swole Patrol.